All right, clap it. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 138 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the James programmer. <laughs> I'm Adam <laughs> and I'm the eater of mini eggs. I'm Sam and I'm the goose chaser. And I just I was just completely thrown off because Seth has only ever been the games programmer I wanted for to see. 300 episodes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what happened. Yeah. Now I program James. Yeah, who, who's this James, James is our new uh, intern mm-hmm. who is a robot. Yep. So I program James and James programs the games. That <laughs> seems a little, <laughs> a little, uh, a little con- indirect. It's a little convoluted, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, the thing about James is James feels no pain. James does not sleep. James is an unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that. James just needs to learn how to make the games uh-huh. and then we're good. Just needs to be able to do right that. now. He just doesn't stop, but what he does, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So we need to uh, get him to start stopping. Well, no, to, to continue not stopping. Continue not stopping, but, but doing do the thing that yeah. matters and mm-hmm. not doing whatever he's currently Classic at. James. Classic James. Also, this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is for Brewery 19th. For Brewery? 2018. I, I like the, that pronunciation. Yeah, it sounds better. delightful. Yeah. You need to uh, do like a craft yeah. beer station. Artisanal yeah. porters. Mm-hmm. For Brewery, beer it up. Yep. That's the... Slogan for brewery. Also, before we get started, we have a warning. Anything could happen on this show. There's going to be profanity and adult themes, as well as mature topics. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, mature. Mature is just the grossest way to say that word. Mature. Just don't. Mature. Yeah. We've talked about this before. We'll have some, Not into it. We'll, Listen. We'll have some human maturity. Human. Mm-mm. Mature. All right, let's get on to some news. What we got? First up, happy Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. It is the year of the dog. Which is good because it's 20 great teen. Dogs are great. Dogs are great. And they also don't give a fuck. 20 great teen. Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. That's the, Poop no, wherever you want. No, not, <laughs> is it who gives a fuck? Yeah. Or stop fucking around. Well, it's probably it's, both. It's both of those. <laughs> they're, they're one and the same. I, I forgot to see this They're slogan. two sides of the same coin ball. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 20 great teen. Year of the dog. Um... Speaking of Chinese New Year, what happened? So Adam, Adam and Sam both have are, are part of Chinese families. Mm-hmm. We are yeah. via in laws and stuff. So we did on Friday night. We had a classic annual dumpling making party, where basically our house turns into a dumpling factory. Dumple Fest twenty great team essentially. And so, and our dog was there, and he, at one point he got a shit little flower on his face. But nice. all of us had our hands covered in meat and stuff, so we couldn't do anything about it. So that it was, was just, just his adorable. life now. But I assume he didn't give a fuck. He, he, was, give he a fuck. was probably like, hey, why don't you bring one of those meat hands over here? <laughs> Clean off my face. Like, I see what you're doing, <laughs> dog. <laughs> but yeah, so we had our, our friends come over, and we, assen- we essentially become uh, this, you know, this dumpling assembling automaton together. We Voltron and assembled dumplings. Dumple squad. Uh, yeah. And so... Very fun, and uh, the problem was that so I made I made the dough for it. And usually, what you do with dumplings because they're kind of a pain to make is that you go buy dough from the store, and it, it comes in these little perfectly flat, uh, super thin slices, kind of like a tortilla, but super tiny. Mm. Uh, but I made it myself, and so Diana, my wife, had to roll them out. So she's over there rolling away. And the problem is you just can't get them as thin as you're going to get in the store, right? So these are going to be some hefty dumplings. What's the technique that you would do to get them that thin? You know, I have no freaking I think idea. You, I think you have to use a machine. You just take something real heavy and you just hit it repeatedly <laughs> for hours. Like a dog or something. 
The dogs aren't heavy enough. Well, okay. actually, <laughs> dogs are heavy enough, but they're not flat enough. You know, that's true. They got unless too many get, round edges. Yeah, unless you get like a, I don't know, like a. No, pit bulls don't have flat enough faces, like a pug, maybe to just headbutt. But they're too dough. little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so the whole thing is that you're supposed to. You want to eat as many dumplings as possible because a dumpling is a metaphorical bag of money. Yeah. Okay. As my wife tells me, so you want to you want to basically eat all the dumplings as possible to start Chinese New Year because that is a sign of how wealthy you're going to be that mm-hmm. year. Okay. Because so, just like in just like in the non-metaphorical sense, the more money you eat the wealthier you will be. <laughs> okay, so be- before this story continues, I have to get something off my chest here. What is it? So, is it a dumpling? No. There's a dumpling on my chest. <laughs> uh, so, there's something that I've never quite been able to figure out is is, you know, here in the US, we have traditions that we do, mm-hmm. but none of them really mean that much. You know what I mean? Like, you get together on Thanksgiving and you eat a shitload. Why do you do that? Cuz, you know, you just do it, mm-hmm. right? But there's no there's no sort of deeper like meaning, a, right? There's not a metaphor for what your years. You're not be. doing anything it's for any. Omen. Yeah, there's no omens, right? Now, what about Groundhog Day? What are you talking about? We look at a groundhog and then we're like, but oh, who God. actually celebrates? Almost nobody even knows when it happens. Yeah, so. it just true. happens, right? And like, so so everything is just like we got Valentine's Day, we got you know, we got Easter, we got Christmas that happens, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. all these. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, all of our holidays are just times that where you have to buy things for people, you buy or stuff, you get in trouble. But it doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. And I was, I mean, I was talking to my wife. My wife's from India, and she was explaining to me how every apparently this is a thing that happens in India is. Uh, in different countries or in different uh, states, it happens in different ways. But every year, uh, superstitious uh, married women will mm. go and marry a tree. Mm. <laughs> okay, they go and they have a they have a basically a min- sort of following a miniature so wedding ceremony with a tree. Mm-hmm. So now, when you say miniature, this is by it's Indian not like, standards. It's not like, yeah, it's not like so an eight hundred person event. It's, but then, what does that actually mean? I don't know. The, is, yeah, I don't know the full details. I know it's okay. not like a. You know, like a legit. You just go find a branch and slap a ring on it. There's a specific yeah. kind of tree, and you go marry that tree. Okay, and then you do that because then that somehow sort of refreshes your uh, seven lifetime sort of lock in with your current spouse, mm-hmm. right? Because there's that by having an extra and something about the tree floral thing. affair. Extra, well, I mean, yeah. trees last a long time. Yeah. Right. And, they and there's do. like, and, and, and there's, there's all kinds of these interesting things that they have going on with crows and like rice balls and all these things. And like you guys most, are talking about well, most eating things, dumplings that represent money. Right. Like what do we got going on? We, we just got, got gluttony and consumerism, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's unfortunate because the legacy we have here is not, it's not super deep nor good in that regard. There's not a good metaphorical base to pull from. There's also not a lot to celebrate really. Cause basically like. The American tradition is you just like murder everybody. You show up, murder, and eat take, take, take all eat their all. stuff and you eat all their things. <laughs> and that's Once not, you're in a civilized society, it's just not a thing you can yeah, do. So we have to like, so we, we used to celebrate that, I guess, but mm-hmm. now we had to like distance ourselves from it, which we did through pure unadulterated capitalism. But think about mm-hmm. like the purge. Yeah. That's more like an American holiday. Yeah, America was 24-7 purge. Yeah. You know? That's true. It was. It's just horrible. Yeah, yeah, we so, don't want to celebrate that now. We're getting back to the money bags. Yeah, money. So, you're eating bags of money. So I'm like, I want to make huge bags of money. But of course, you're not supposed to. Dumplings are supposed to be small. But because of right. how- Is it better to eat a smaller number of giant money bags? Well, we got to bring this back to real life. Well, here's the question. Gonna, like, if in real life, which mm, would be better? You know? Right, right. I think it'd be better to because the volume- mm, There's the question. Well, the I think most there. importantly, a bag can contain any amount of money- you know, because yeah. you have different denominations of currencies, right? That's true. But so, if your currency is only measured in meat. pork and cabbage, 
obviously all pork, no cabbage, because pork is yeah. You got to maximize pork that is the hundred dollar right. bill of yeah. food. Mm-hmm. So you need fewer and larger. Ones. Yeah. So we ended up making these dumplings, and because of how we rolled out the dough and the fact that we made it at home, they were monstrous. I mean, at least two to three times size. Was the it like pita size. bread? No, no, no. The, the the dough wasn't super thick, but it was okay. thick enough that you could you could you're not supposed to be able to get a lot of meat in there because they're, they're usually very, very small. Mm. But instead, these things were these whoppers, and so you get you just pick. It's like a taco essentially in terms of scale. And <laughs> we ate all of them. It was delicious. Did you steam I feel, them or did you? No, we boiled them. Okay. Boil them. And then Diana fried up the back half so we could buy ourselves like 10 more minutes of time to digest to finish all of it because there <laughs> yep, were so many. Yep. But yeah, it was delicious. Fantastic. And then mm. on Saturday. Then we did hot pot. We did hot pot at Adam's place. Yeah. My wife put together a fantastic, amazing hot pot. This was my first hot pot experience. Yep. What is hot pot? What is hot potting? Hot pot. Just get a, you just get a hot pot, put some. Stuff in it. Wait, a hot pot. You I mean a liquids. pot that is hot. A pot that is hot. Mm-hmm. It's literal. Yep. And you put throw some liquid in there, probably soup, though. Presumably, you could put whatever you want in there. You, you know? could put ginger ale in ginger there. Ginger ale. But there was a lot of ginger in there, so it basically was ginger ale. That's right. I think the better way to think about it is it, it is a heated pot. It it's is actively yeah, heated it's while you're just working. hot. Yeah. yeah. It's, on a, it's on an induction plate. Right. Because like, yep. like a pot of soup is basically a hot pot, and then it gradually turns into it's, a cold pot. Yeah, yeah. You know? But yeah, it starts hot, cool stays hot. hot. Yeah, hot pot is heated while you're working on it, yeah. while you're eating it. Yeah. So, so it you just, the there's just the stuff in there, then everybody, then there's just stuff on the table you can just pick up and throw in there, take it back out and eat it mm-hmm. once it's cooked. Yeah, yeah so there's just, just there's just piles of raw meat mm-hmm. thinly sliced all over the place. You just grab a handful, just chuck it in the hot pot, mm-hmm. and then you fish it out after yeah. it cooks in two minutes with yep. chopsticks. But the most important thing I learned from the experience is how creepy and weird bamboo shoots are. Because mm. I never actually, like, I've had bamboo in lots of contexts in dishes but I've never just like seen the the thing, you know, the thing that it actually comes from. This like the root tip or whatever this thing is. Mm. So it looks the, like this is the underground, the subterranean. I actually think it's part. above ground. Okay, I don't know. So I was looking at pictures of it, trying to understand what the hell yeah, I was where looking does this at. Come you know? from? Yeah, it's, but it, it's it sort of looks like if you were to take, if you were to imagine an enormous bee with a huge stinger, you know, so say like a a good six inch long, like fat. So we're talking like a, like a prehistoric prehistoric bee, okay. Right? If you're just to rip that off, then that's basically what this thing is. When I saw it, I thought it was one of those pangolin things. Yeah, it looks kind of like a pangolin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, a, like not a penguin. A pangolin. A pangolin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's those weird armadillos that walk around on two legs like velociraptors. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that, but that stuff cooked up fresh is real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just, I hadn't, I hadn't actually seen it. There, there were all these things that every once in a while I'm like, oh yeah, I actually have no idea what that looks like when it's not prepared. You know, when it's not right. already in food somewhere. And that was one of those things. Very, very I've had some of those moments. The other day I was, I was thinking about car horns and how I actually just don't know how yeah, that, what is it? how that sound <laughs> comes out. What's in there? What's I in there know. making that noise? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a person or maybe an animal that just the wires are attached to. So it's just, Jolted. it's screaming when it gets electrocuted. Is it? A What's speaker happen- or is it air driven? Well, I assume it's blasting air through something. I don't know. But, but it's I'm just not. one of the, you just take it for granted. You're like, yeah, you hit that thing and then your car just kind of screams. But but car alarms have all kinds of ways to scream. So it probably isn't just squirting air somewhere. It's probably like a giant speaker or something. Giant speaker. Could be. We'll know. never know. And there's no way there's to find no out. There's no way to find it's out. <laughs> one of history's mysteries. Um, also, last week we talked about Adam sort of getting his life in order. Including, yep. it went really well, except that the one thing that was the most important thing in my entire getting my life together life was, your was desk. my desk. And it came broken in half. <laughs> broken in half. <laughs> broken in half, which was very impressive because it was, I mean, it's not a fancy desk by any stretch. It was very cheap. 
it was like the best looking thing I could get at the cheapest price possible. I was like mm-hmm. finding that little sweet spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so was, yeah, sure. It's made out of particle board, but particle board's pretty strong stuff. And it was and it, literally it, just snapped in half, just in half, which I, I was just, I was just so impressed by Cause like the box was all torn up and they had taped it back up. So somebody knew they did so it. So somebody fucking smashed <laughs> yeah. the box. There was no way to not know because of how hard you've had to hit this thing. And it had to have been hit on a corner, like, like on a loading dock or something where like somebody just body slammed it <laughs> onto a corner. They were suplexing the packages. Yeah, they had the to truck. have been. Yeah. And there's no way they couldn't have heard this thing just break because the amount it was, it was literally, it was broken in half. It wasn't like cracked, you know, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. There was nothing gentle there about it. There had to have been a sound. There had to have been a loud sound. <laughs> they probably heard the sound and they're like, I'm just going to muffle this with tape. Yeah, just, just, just tape that, that right up. Screaming. screaming. Yeah. So, so I still don't have that. So I submitted a request to, you know, get a replacement desktop so I can get that resolved. Mm-hmm. But it takes longer just to get a part than, you know, the whole thing. And so mm-hmm. now I'm just stuck in limbo. Still working at the dining room table. Mm-hmm. My God. <sighs> the pain and misery never but it, but it is, but it is funny though because once once you decide to fix a thing then it, it's actually way more frustrating when it's not fixed you know because like even though you haven't had a desk for years I haven't had a desk now. for a year and a half and that, you also <laughs> were trying exactly know? I wasn't yeah. trying to fix the problem then I tried to fix it and then it was fixed like I could see I, the, it was the box arrived I was looking at it you know and I was like fuck yeah I'm gonna make this tonight and then I'm gonna set up my, my desktop it's gonna be amazing and then the mailman's like not today <laughs> it's just broken in half well we don't know who did it it might have been just some random vandal who attacked mm. the mail truck and then taped up the broken snapped package. up the box. It is the year of the dog, maybe. Somebody didn't dog. give a fuck. Could have been a dog. <laughs> we don't know. Very large dog. Shoot it right um, Also, mm. everybody needs to be careful uh, because mini eggs are out. Yes. That's watch your waistline, watch your blood sugar. About to get rough. Watch yourself before yep. you wreck yourself. <laughs> that's, that's correct. Yes. Uh, mini eggs, as we all know, are manna from heaven. Mm-hmm. They yep. are in all ancient mythology. Anytime there's a discussion about sort of the food that the gods eat, mm-hmm. it's mini eggs. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, anytime you see the word manna or nectar or mm-hmm. any of those any of those old old fucking timey words. It's mm-hmm. I don't mean old time like a hundred years ago. I mean, you know, thousands of years yeah. ago. So Cadbury came along and they were like, we need to try to create a mortal version of this food of the gods. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, and, I actually, I think they've gotten very close. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that they captured the, like whatever the, the sort of duck rabbit hybrid creatures mm-hmm. that lived on Mount Olympus or whatever, you know, Yeah. that I just assumed that, that are Cadbury, made of chocolate, that are made of chocolate. I assumed that Cadbury just captured those. And they've been just kind of keeping them in a lab somewhere, you know, like locked up in a basement. Yeah, I mean, the taste this is, is why so they, good, though. I think they must be free range. They may know? be free range. Must That's be free range. There's happy. no antibiotics in those, mm-hmm. right? So they yeah. probably feed them additional chocolate or something, you yeah. know. Uh, That's cannibalism. But yeah, yes. but there's also, what it, I mean, <laughs> this does explain though why they only come out once a year because you gotta, you know, there's only so many yeah. eggs these rabbits. It's breeding season. Things can. <laughs> yeah, it's breeding season. <laughs> gotta you gotta grow up your your. Creature flock. flock. Mm-hmm. I assume it's a flock. Yeah, maybe a gag. So could be, yeah. So of course, get get out there. Get get yourself some mini eggs. Go get them. Wait, if these are combined rabbit and goose creatures, uh-huh. and that's a flock and a gaggle put together, would it be a Glock? That's a Glock. Is it the total herd? Yeah. You get a, you get yourself a Glock of mini egg producing. Glock. <laughs> yeah. 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 Get okay. out there. Just get yourself out. some mini eggs, but be just be careful. Mm. Spend some extra time in the gym. Mm-hmm. Pace yourself because they're mm-hmm. they're going to be out for a couple months now. And then even when they're not, you can still get them on Amazon for a few more months. Yeah, horrible. Shouldn't so have let that secret you can, out. No, you're we're, we're in Pandora's the, box. Yeah, we're in the like six month window where you can have eggs. these. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
And you can order them five pounds at a time off of Amazon. Don't tell me. Yeah. We also set up an energy station, which I'm particularly excited about. Now mm-hmm. in the office, we've got we've got a, a coffee brewer. And then next to that, we've got a 24 a 24 pack of sort of on display five hour energies. Mm-hmm. They look very so, beautiful. It's very yeah. beautiful. Retain. None of us have cracked into it yet, but when we combine this with many, how many hours like of energy is that? It's a hundred and 120 hours or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 120 hours of energy. It's a lot of energy. So that should allow us to finish up the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> otherwise in the news, Sam want to talk about his new sketch routine yeah. as, the, as the artist. Okay. Yeah. So one of the, the biggest problems I've had, and I'm sure a lot of people who tried to get into just a, a new thing period, that is kind of hard to do. Uh, in my case, that's just drawing with your hands uh, at home. So I wanted to come up with a routine that would have sort of ease me into it. And I think the correct mindset, which is the not giving a fuck mindset, because it's one of those things where the, the harder you try to do it, the worse the outcome gets. And so you just have to be kind of loose and just having fun. And so I set up this routine over the weekend, which I've now done three times. So it works like a charm where essentially the first five minutes, uh, I, I just use this program that Seth built, which we'll put in the discord after this, if mm-hmm. wants to use it. We just called Precision Hand Hero. Yeah. And it's essentially just a few different of these exercises that are that are designed to help train your hand-eye coordination. So it's and, three different games, mini games. Mm-hmm. So one is uh connecting dots. Basically, Dot just, hero. Yeah. So you hold down uh you hold down the mouse and just sort of drag your drag your mouse through trying to hit the center of these various sized dots. And then another one is just drawing lines, drawing perfectly straight lines. And then the last one is drawing a circle. A perfect circle. Mm-hmm. And then it measures how perfect it was. And so I managed to get like a 92% perfect circle. Seems to be very hard to get above that. So I'm not sure if I'm going to ever make any headway on that. Um, but yeah, so I spent a few minutes doing this, which is sort of this meditative thing where you just kind of, you kind of get loose, you know, it's like a warm up. I put on some super chill music mm-hmm. in, in precision hand hero. Yeah. You just put on your headphones and just draw circles. Just so you just get in there. And so after about five it's minutes. It's weirdly that, hypnotic. It is. <laughs> it is. You could stay there for like probably too long of a time, I think. So Yeah, when I was testing it, I started drawing a circle. And then I didn't realize 15 minutes had gone by of me just drawing a circle. <laughs> draw a circle. Draw a circle. Just keep drawing circles. Yeah. So, it's all about that tight feedback loop. Yeah. 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 It's, it's basically the way it works is you draw the circle and then the, the game sort of calculates based on where your dots landed the closest circle that would sort of approximate the shape that you made, then it measures how close each point on your line is. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, this all happens instantly. So you draw the circle. And then as soon as you let go of the mouse, immediately there's a, a superimposed circle on there plus a score. Mm-hmm. So it's like, as soon as you release the mouse, you have a score. Then you can just click again and do it again and again and again. So it's, it works pretty well. Yeah, it works really well. So I, I do that. And then uh, just take a sheet, a little tiny, like a moleskin sheet a little tiny piece and just fill it with random shapes. So just again, kind of like, eh, good fuck. And then pick one of them and kind of like do it up super hard to turn it into something weird or texture or whatever. And then I throw that aside. And then the night before this whole exercise, I pick a thing that I'm going to draw that day. So this morning it was spikes. Like I'm just going to draw spikes this morning. So after I finish those few warm ups, then I just start drawing spikes and then I can pass. I can easily pass like 45 to 60 minutes before I, you know, start getting to that point where I'm like, wait, I'm drawing all of a sudden. Um, and so it's really helped to kind of loosen me up and, and make it way easier to just do the thing, which, you know, we talk about kind of getting into whether it's getting into, into games or art or just kind of making yourself better. And I think a lot of people don't put, a lot of people try really hard and probably too hard when they're attempting to do something new because they're not necessarily building a system to help themselves do it. They're just kind of like, 
I'm going to willpower my way into this endeavor. And it's just really hard to do. Like I've, I've failed so many times at actually trying to get this habit in the past. And honestly, like the last three days of doing this consistently is by far the most, the most consistent and the most time that I spent just drawing period. Why do you think it's, why do you think that is? Cause I've often had the, I've often made the mistake of if I have something that I need to do, then I'll say, I'm going to, I'm going to quote, set aside some time to work on it. Yes. And like, that's the way that I would think about mm-hmm. it. And then that's such a loose sort of amorphous bullshit sort right. of a thing that I could just sort of gaze upon it for three minutes and technically meet my predetermined goal right. of setting aside some time to work on it. Right. So do you think it's because you're approaching this saying, I'm going to draw spikes for an hour mm-hmm. and then now you've got a time limit and you've got a very specific thing that you're doing. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, the whole thing is designed. Well, I think actually the first part is the part that makes the difference. It's the warm up. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it's basically you're building up enough momentum to actually do the thing by doing a bunch of things that are smaller that are just not hard to do. Look, yeah. Anybody could just sit there and like fill a like a note card with random shapes. That is not a difficult thing to do. And what that allows you to do is it, it makes it so you you're already essentially doing the activity, but just in a less guided way uh, or in a less, you know, uh, uh, complex way. And then you just are there. Also. You're just getting the, the pencil onto the paper. Exactly. So I think having, you know, building that sort of a, essentially a momentum or kind of a rising system into learning a new thing. It's been, I mean, it's been very helpful for me the last couple of days. And so highly recommend it. Just take a few minutes and sort of back up and say, okay, if I want to do this one thing, what's maybe one or two things that are, you know, 10 minutes in time that I could do that sort of get me in there. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I think I, I approach things in that same way. It's either, I think there are two ways to approach something that's, that can work. Mm-hmm. One is you say this entire week all of my time is going into this, mm-hmm. right? And then you just dive in and like, that's all you're doing. So you're not setting aside time. That is your time. That just is the time. That, that mm-hmm. is what, that is what all of your time is for. Is you're just going to dive in because you have some kind of big goal you want to accomplish. So th- this is how I usually tackle learning something like really new and really big, like a programming language or something. Because it's immersion. Immersion. It's immersion, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's assuming you can afford that kind of time. Um, so if you can't, then I think the only reasonable other approach is to do or if you what won't. you're talking about, or if you won't, uh, <laughs> is to do what you're talking about, um, which is to which is to say, well, if I can't just completely go grab this thing and do it, mm-hmm. then I have to break it apart into chunks that are somehow approachable and reasonable. Right. And the only way to do that is to take away all of the sense of when you sit down to do it, given that you've got some limited time, you're trying to repeat it. You have to take away all sense that this is an obstacle. Mm-hmm. You know, there just has to be something that you can just make some, just chip away at and make yeah. progress at in a consistent way. So I did some... I did some thinking what over, the, it, over this past about? weekend about the idea of the hero's journey, mm-hmm. which is a, it's a narrative, we'll call it a trope because it is, well, it's, I it's, mean, it's, it's, it's a, a framework, it's an archetype, is what it is, it's yeah. an archetype of a story, um, which you can find in basically, basically almost any story where you're like, that's a good story. It's probably a hero's journey story. Right. So Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Harry Potter, uh, any superhero mm-hmm. movie at all, um, and this situation is basically there's a normal person living a normal life, just doing their thing. Probably not super happy about it. They're just kind of cruising. Then there's a call to adventure. Like something comes that thrusts that person into some incredible new scenario. Mm-hmm. And usually what this means is that this person is now exposed to some world or some new place that they had no idea was mm-hmm. there. Um, or that they had disregarded, right? So in the case of something like Harry Potter, you know, it's like this 
poor kid living with an abusive family under the stairs. Then all of a sudden he's like buying an owl and getting a right. wand and there's like magic everywhere. And, um, or in the case of Star Wars, you know, like there's this catalyzing event where Luke's family is killed and then this old man in a robe shows up and then he goes to space and becomes a mm-hmm. space wizard. Um, a, lot of, a lot of wizards in these example mm-hmm. stories. Everybody needs, yeah, you always need a mentor with a robe. Yep. So, you know, Obi-Wan, uh, Mor- Hagrid. Morpheus, Dumble- Dumbledore, <laughs> Dumbledore <sure>. uh, Gandalf. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's always a person in a long clothes, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> long Later clothes. they'll get killed because, you know, <laughs> That's, how, that's what happens to mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so then this person goes and they're like, they learn stuff and then they, they confront a series of challenges and then they sort of become an expert in this thing. Dr. Strange, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're always a dick about it. They are. You know? Yeah. Like every one of these stories are just like, cause like Harry Potter goes to wizarding school. Like this is the opportunity of a fucking lifetime. He's dicking around doing all kinds of uh-huh. nonsense. Right. Man. Well, that's because. And, like, and Dr. Strange. Literally just an asshole, right? right. Just a total jerk. He like sees magic and then is just still an asshole the whole time, you know? <laughs> right. So, so what has to happen though is they come into it super cocky. Yeah. Because they have baggage from their old life, mm-hmm. right? They come into it super cocky. Then they get fucking annihilated mm-hmm. by something. Yep. They get their hand cut off Dr. by Darth Vader. Or Dr. Strange, you get your soul punched out of your body. <laughs> you, get your, you get your soul punched that, out that of your body. That tends to wake a person up. Right? Right? You're like, so, oh, so something smart. something <laughs> happens where like the, the villain comes in and just fucks your shit up mm-hmm. real good. Or your mentor. Or your mentor does it. Just right? somebody's got to fuck your shit up though. Mm-hmm. That's true. That woman also wore a robe yeah. in Dr. Strange. That's right? true. Ro- mentors wear robes. I think we yep. can all agree. Uh-huh. You see one on the street. You're like, can you teach me? Can you teach me something? Whatever it is that you do. Can you teach me? <laughs> it will be the end of you, but yeah. I need to You notch. will die from this. Uh, yeah. So, so you do that thing, you get your mentor, you get your soul punched out of your body or whatever. Then you go confront the evil. Mm-hmm. You lose the first time and your cockiness then subsides. You then, you're humble. Like, then you're like, I am humble now. I must go learn. Mm-hmm. You go learn your shit. Then you go back and you fight the, the villain with your newfound hum- humbleness. Mm-hmm. And then it's still a close thing, though, because we need dramatic excitement and tension. Right. Then when you're done, then you come back, then you take your victory treasures or whatever you save the robe. world. You, got, you now have a robe, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then you return home and you get your medal with your Chewbacca friends mm-hmm. or whatever it is that happens, uh-huh. right? Yep. So, uh, so this sort of story archetype is there all over the place. And I think, th- I think it's there because of how relatable it is at the beginning. Which is like normal person, normal life, humdrumming along, humdrumming along, and the it's it's appealing to people because there's this idea that there's like this this secret world that you don't even know is there, and, and something if only you knew that would unlock all of your potential. Right, and something happens that just pulls you into it, right? And now all of a sudden you have all this hidden potential that the normal world would not tap into, mm-hmm. right? So Neo from the Matrix or whatever, right? He's just in his cubicle and falling asleep at his computer when really he's the one, right? And I was thinking about how this is, it's interesting because there's sort of two parts about this that are kind of cool. One is there actually are all these secret worlds that people don't know about, yeah, right? So like you might be living your life as an accountant or something, and you, mm-hmm. but you have no idea what it's like to be in a fucking band, or to be, to make video games or whatever. Like there's all these different worlds that you could just dive into at any point um, that have their own rules, that have their own language, their own ways of thinking about things, you know, whatever. Um, but I think what, what makes the hero's journey story actually unrealistic is that always in the hero's journey, somebody from that world pulls the hero into it. Yeah. Yeah. They make you do it. They make you do it. 
But the realistic part, though, is that you fight it the whole time. Yeah, and they always and fight it. Dick about it. Yeah, and so, but well, this this is like, bring it back to that. <laughs> this is like, well, this is I think the interesting part is, you know, the protagonist in the hero's journey always resists being pulled into the new world, and it takes it takes some horrible event or just some overwhelming force to basically demand that they rise to the occasion, or a lot right. of charisma on the part of the mentor. Mm-hmm. Right, you hand them the red pill and the blue pill kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, like right. look how cool my glasses are. And then may, <laughs> and then maybe like a robot bug goes into your belly button or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, that'll wake anybody up. Yeah, you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> this is serious. Um, but yeah, so I was just thinking about how there's all these secret worlds out there and anybody could could wake up at some point someday and just mm-hmm. say, I'm going to go there. Like, I'm going to go into that world and learn that thing and do that thing. Um, but you can't wait around for some robed wizard to show up and, and pull you in there. In the real world, you got to go there yourself. Yeah. Well, I don't even think that's it. I think... I think there are people in robes, invisible robes mostly, but there are people in robes all around you all the time trying to pull you into those worlds. And you're just, and you're just flipping them off constantly. Because you know? like, I, I mean. Fuck you, wizards. I, I mean, but but this, whole, huh? this whole idea, because like, this makes me think of programming, right? Especially because programming is just magic that you do inside of It computers. is a secret language, a secret that, language. that you use to talk to machines yeah. and create universes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just magic. What do you think? Even accounting. Yeah, accounting is magic with numbers, right? Yeah, you're yeah. organizing. You're any organizing of, everything. Any of the things are magic, yeah. right? Astronomy, um, physics. But I'm like, because I, I, I spent a lot. I used Cooking. to spend a lot of my time trying to convince other people to just learn some programming. Because I'm like, if you just get in here, if you just like, if you just get in there, just get in, get, get in there. So good. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in your, you know, your life changes. You see the world in all these new ways and so on. And everybody, you know, and I feel like I'm, I'm showing somebody a view into this other world, you know, and they're just like, nah. Well, but, but there's but there's <laughs> nah, a reason I'm that they're doing not. that is because nothing is free. Yeah. What and what it costs you to go into a new world is you've got to leave the one that you're in, right? Yeah. And so even if people aren't necessarily super happy, they are comfortable because even if they're what, uncomfortable, well, but yeah, because, but because they're still more comfortable than doing. But what's else. worse than what's worse than discomfort is uncertainty, correct? Right. And if you mm-hmm. go if you go from a place you know, even if you know it sucks, it's but you phrase, do know it. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was, I was so I was doing some reading about sort of like just the concept of the hero's journey. Cause I think it's just like a really fascinating metaphor for this idea of, like you said, just saying, I'm going to set aside several weeks and just learn this completely new thing. Mm-hmm. Right. What you're doing there is you're just, you are sort of diving into a completely new world that you don't even know exists. Yeah. Right. You don't know the rules. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to think about it. You don't know what spells to cast to yep. make different things happen. Um, so I think it's just a, it's a really apt metaphor for how this all works. Mm-hmm. But, but again, the the thing that separates the real world from the movies is nobody's gonna fucking make oh, yeah, you no, like when, when somebody tells me they don't want to learn programming, I'm not gonna fucking come after you and make you do it and murder your family. For that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're busy. That's, I got I got stuff <laughs> to yeah, do. Programming problem yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's an interesting thing though is that the the question that arises out of this is if there was magic in the world, real, real legit shit you see in movies, would anybody actually be doing it? Because I, I mean, probably, a few people would be. A few people probably would. Yeah. Everybody else would be like, yeah. Looks like, <laughs> looks like a lot of <laughs> work. Like a lot of work. Well, no, they wouldn't even say that. They would just carry on, right? Because people, that's people carry on, right? They, it's the they, most, it's they the they most realistic part. It's the most realistic part of of Harry Potter to me is that is that fact that there are bad students, right? Right. What the hell? Of you know, magic. Of magic. <laughs> you get to go do fucking magic, and they're just like, mm, oh, this, oh, I gotta yeah, study but, for this test. Uh, <sighs> but I, I mean, I think about this because when we went to Uruguay, I was reflecting on my high school experience. 
because we had oh, Spanish. Yeah. We had it's Spanish class. We had Spanish class in high yeah, school yeah. and learning programming, learning to speak another language, learning science. It's fucking magic. Yeah. Like there's a whole, there's millions of people in the world who only speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. And if I learned to, you introduce yourself to a new world. Yeah. If I yeah. learned to speak this language, I can now go to that world and do things there that I could never have done and meet people I could never have met. Right. It's fucking magic. Mm-hmm. But as a teenager, <laughs> I'm just like, ooh, but like, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Quit making me. It's a required course. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> so I guess I, the question is, it's 2018, you know? Yeah. So quit fucking around. 2018. What, what magic? What hero's journey? I don't know. Like, what magic are you just ignoring? In your, fucking all of it, I mean, man. for me, it's like <laughs> all of it. Cooking. I eat food every day. Yeah. I don't know. How, where does it come from? I, How does it make? What? And I can make like three dishes. Yeah. Instead, it's hideous. <laughs> yeah. You know? So you got to just, I mean, you got to think there's all this fucking magic out there mm-hmm. and you don't know how, you don't know how to cast the spells. You don't know the mm-hmm. incantations. We went over yeah. and Adam had this tome at his house. It said three ingredient cocktails and very yeah. fancy scripts. Very mysterious yep. looking magic book. It's, it's how I cast spells into, into glasses <laughs> that doesn't make you drunk. Yeah. But in the most delightful way possible. And Adam was like, what, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. And he had these, these strange seven bottles. <laughs> Filled with all sorts of liquid. <laughs> smells very He's doing fucking alchemy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I was like, just make me something that's good. And he's like, I will find you. And flips through his tome for a minute. <laughs> and then he goes, mmm. Puts the tome down, mixes something up, and gives it delicious. And I got super drunk. Fucking, <laughs> fucking booze mancer. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, it was one of those things I finally decided just to do because uh, my, my wife and I like whiskey. So we just kind of have like every few nights, we'll just have like, a little bit of whiskey, just like mm-hmm. sit down and have it on the rocks, just chat and have some, you know, it's nice. Um, but after a while I was getting really bored with that because I also don't like the really fancy whiskeys that taste and smell like markers, you know? Right. So I was just like, and I, and I just prefer mixed drinks because I don't, I don't like burning my throat out. I want something mm-hmm. you know, interesting. So I decided just to go for it. And so I've been, I've been like trying to find all these ingredients, trying to figure out like, what, what are bitters? The fuck are these things? You know? Heard that I, word a lot. I know, exactly. Bitters. So, <laughs> so then I, so I, get, so I started, you know, buying up stuff and then like, I'm like, what's the difference between bourbon and rye? You know, like to me, I'm like, I just call those all whiskey still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that I'm, now I'm like, I'll buy a few things and I'll bring them home and I'll taste them all separately to kind of figure out what the difference is. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm mixing up a drink. Every time I add something, I taste that to see, you know? Yeah, you're becoming a booze mancer. Yeah, to try to figure out how it all works. <laughs> but it's cool because like, because I was, it's one of those things I feel like, I always feel like a lot of it was bullshit. You know, like the little, like the little lemon twist that mm-hmm. you, or like the orange peel twist or whatever that you put on top. I was always like, this is, who gives a shit? This is just decoration, you know? But it turns out, I, I then tried it before and after and I was like, holy fuck, you can, there's you can, a, you can tell there's a reason for this, right. you know? Uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's really, so really I used cool. to, I used to have this thing that I would say or think, which is whenever some, Whenever somebody would talk about being bored, mm. my response would be, well, you get to be ambitious or bored, but not both, uh-huh. right? Mm. Because if you're bored, that means you haven't figured your shit out. Right. Uh, but maybe what boredom is, is it's really just being a muggle. It's your brain. <laughs> it's your brain sort of slapping you, trying to be like, there's shit out there. Like, it's the call to adventure is right. what boredom is, Right. It's an unpleasant feeling. But most people are just looking at, look at their phones as soon as they get bored. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That's the easiest way to not be bored now mm-hmm. is to, because I mean, the fact is that's, that's a little portal in your pocket to another magical world, you know, which is, right. which is all of human knowledge, except you only look at Reddit though, yeah. even though it's all of human knowledge is right there. You you're can like, learn, you're like, what do a bunch of randos think right think now? Think about a bunch of bullshit that I don't care about. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. go figure that out. Let's go look at that real quick. I want to see some pictures 
I could go to Hogwarts and learn how to, you know, turn a person into a newt or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they do there. Or I could go, or I could go, or or you can watch a fucking YouTube video for five minutes and learn how to put drywall up. Yeah. You know? Or how to cut vegetables. Or cut some vegetables. Actually, because, yeah, Jenny and I, uh, forever ago, um, back when we were uh, living in Dallas, sometime we were just like, we should learn how to, like, use a cooking knife properly. You know? So we just watched, like, five YouTube videos back to back, spent like an hour watching people do stuff. The first thing we realized, like within a minute, was we just held knives wrong our entire lives for cooking knives, you know? Mm-hmm. So we learned that immediately. Like, what the hell? Like, you know, so this new world opens up, and then we're like learning all these different techniques. We get a whole bunch of onions and carrots. We're just practicing all these methods, you know? And uh, like, I still I haven't fully embraced cooking yet at all. Mm-hmm. But now when I pick up a knife, I'm like, I know how to use this. Thing, hold right? it. And, and it did. Like, it was weird because it just opened up that little that piece a little bit. Yeah. And now I care about things like how sharp and how high quality is my knife because I can tell there's a difference, you know? One of my ingredients in my batch meals was peppers, red peppers, bell peppers. Yeah. Which, of course, you, they're weird to cut because it's like a- They're shaped it's weird. It's like a ball, but with a core in it. Yep. And so I would always just cut them. And then one day I was like, how are you- How yeah, can somebody I cut knows. this faster? This <laughs> right. is ridiculous. And then I watched this video. This guy just, you cut the bottom off first, about halfway. And uh-huh. you cut around the edges after that. It's like four cuts and you're done. Yep. And it's just, it saved me probably a minute. You know, of my life per two peppers. Yeah, because some fucking peppermancer mm-hmm. out <laughs> right. there has been dedicating their yeah. life mm-hmm. to solving this problem. Yeah. And it's on YouTube because yeah. everything's on YouTube. Yeah. So, yeah, what what magic are you ignoring? Yeah. So, next, next time next time we went to open up Reddit and said, just say, what could I learn on YouTube? What right kind of now? spells could I be learning? Yeah. Mm. Change your life. It's more fun to learn physics, learn calculus, magic. But this is, this is what pisses me yeah. off, though, is when, when people say, I hate art. I hate. Me, I don't. I don't care about music. I hate math. Right? Mm-hmm. People just make these sweeping declarations about hating a specific sort of field of of knowledge or discipline or I mean, whatever. I do hate necromancers though. Shit freaks me out. That's you a know? little bit disturbing, mm-hmm. but it is very cool. It's neat. But it's as a discipline, it's very fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. yeah, but the fact is, but it is that is just you saying. If you just substitute whatever it is that you hate that you're about to say right now with the word magic, because that's always what that thing is, you know. Yep. If you just instead say, I hate magic. I and, hate then, magic. And, then, and then reflect on how stupid that is. Speaking of magic, I need to learn how to do magic as well. Like Yeah, the, actual know, magic. Yeah. Card tricks. Card tricks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's, every time I see that, it just blows my fucking mind. Yep. Anyways. All right. Let's get on, let's get on to some uh, <laughs> the rest, the rest. Well, we got a couple more news things. Oh, unless okay. we want to just hit questions. I think those ones are short, aren't they? What do we have left? All right. So we have... We sent out a newsletter and we learned something fascinating. Time oh, of day yeah. matters a ton. We already knew this, but to the extent... To which it matters, did not know. Yeah, so we'll do better bit. next so time. Basically, depending on the the summation, as I caught it, was depending on when we send the newsletter, our open rate could be down to seven percent or up mm-hmm. to fifty or up to fifty percent. Yep. For those who are counting at home, that's that's a, lot. a big difference. That is a big difference. <laughs> as, far, as far as the numbers go, it's big. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to figure that shit out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the the impact was we we learned that we could have had. Literally twice as many people opened the newsletter we sent as we actually had opened. Which is upwards of 50,000. Which was 50,000. So, you know, oops and everything. Yep. Um, But (laughs) even despite that, we managed to get uh, about over 600 signups to the abs. The anti-bug squad. The anti-bug squad. Uh Uh-huh. For for, that's our uh, testing group. So if you want to, if you want to get your name into the abs, uh, go to bit.ly slash powerful bscotch abs (laughs) with, uh, with hyphens in between. Yep. Um, and then, and then I also put out a an application for moderator status. And so, mm-hmm. if, if you're into our community, if you've been here for a while and you want to, you know, kind of chip in mm-hmm. in some way, 
that's live. You can find both these things in the announcement section of our Discord channel at discord.gg slash bscotch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can just check that out if that's the kind of thing you're into. Yeah, cool. All right. Uh, also, we have the Crashlands comic, which we talked about mm-hmm. in the newsletter. Um, that's doing super well. It's, we've had over 2,000 downloads through the itch page of the comic. Really good response to that. So uh, if, you, enjoy if you want to enjoy that comic, it's free. But you can give us money for it if you, you, know, if you want yeah, to. And we would so. prefer it. We'd prefer it. If we're being completely honest. Because <laughs> it wasn't free. It wasn't free to have it made. No. So. Mm-hmm. We, had uh, to, we had to pay a comic artist. Yeah. So thanks to Ben wizard. Sawyer for mm-hmm. using his comic mancy mm-hmm. to put together this He comic. manced it real good. Yeah, yeah. He did. All right. Uh, let's get on to some questions. These questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. So if you'd like to get your question on a future episode, go on there and put your questions. All right. First question from John Pat Chap. General life question incoming. I'm an adult baby with a college degree in one field. I've been a ton of professional experience in pretty unrelated things. Music, photography, service industry, and recently game programming. So, as people who have been on the hiring side of things, is a resume that's full of experience and disparate disciplines useful at all to an employer? I'm thinking it could show the ability to learn and adapt, but maybe it just looks like I can't make up my goddamn mind. (laughs) Any thoughts? I got... So distracted by adult baby that I just, <laughs> I was having trouble yeah. parsing so the rest of it. I think being an adult baby is way better than being an adult adult because babies are real good at just learning stuff, absorbing info. I think that's what he's going for there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stay there. He's an adult baby because he's curious about the world. Mm-hmm. Stay yeah. in puppy form. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so then the real question is if you've done a lot of different things, do employers look favorably or unfavorably well, on that? The first, I think there's an obvious answer that we can dig into a bit, which is, it depends on the employer a lot. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, have you done any of them well? That is, I think, the key. Because that's the most important thing. Because if you just, yeah, if you write, you know, oh, I play paintball, I play guitar, I'm a swimmer, I can make Mm -hmm. real good spaghetti. And if that means, like, you can play (laughs) Wonderwall, you can do freestyle for 50 yards. Right. You can can boil some noodles. Like, if that's what that means. Because anybody anybody can put in the 15 to 20 hours required to hit those milestones. Um, yeah, it's probably not that many. Yeah, so I think the thing to focus on is always what what is a demonstration of your actual expertise in any one of those things. So yeah. if you did photography for a while, did you, do you have a portfolio? Yeah, you have a portfolio that you put together. Because put that in. Can there. you actually take good photographs? Mm-hmm. Do, you have, just, do you have a website that somehow showcases like the best parts of all of these talents mm-hmm. that you have? If you're in the service industry, which oftentimes involves dealing with horrible, horrible people, horrible human um, beings, or just doing really nice things for people, which are kind of Do you have a business card that says multi-talented human enthusiast? Mm -hmm. Human enthusiast. Do you have a a story of some ridiculous thing that you did for a customer or something Mm -hmm. you managed to stop someone from doing, like breaking a desk in half, for example? Yeah. So Uh, we we actually had a- Or if they did break it in half, just not be like, it's okay, just tape it back up. Just tape it back back up. Mm -hmm. Do you have that kind of judgment? Yeah. Yeah, we had had kind of a goofy Discord conversation this weekend about that whole, uh, what's, what's the phrase like? Half of the journey is the last 10% mm-hmm. and whatever. So then we started having a debate about the actual percentage of a journey that matters, mm-hmm. right? So my my stance was that the first 5% of a journey doesn't fucking matter at all. This is the warm-up. Anybody can start doing something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do start doing a lot of things, and then they stop, mm-hmm. right? And then the last 5% also doesn't matter because by the time you've made it that far, you know, you're, you're pretty, pretty much, much you're pretty much it's just finish. incremental gains from there at that out. point. You're just being a perfectionist, you know, yeah. maybe just, uh, maybe just tone it down a bit. Yeah. So really the, the only part of a journey that matters is the middle 90%, which is all the fucking hard work where you just grind it out and try to make something really good. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you've gone far enough into these activities that you're past the first 5%. If you've demonstrated grit in something. Yeah, you got to demonstrate grit and actually have 
real skills and real demonstrable yeah. output in these I areas. I think the whole point is that there's there are meta level skills associated with every single one of these things that that is what you should focus on. So if your job is if you're trying to go into software development, for example, you say, Yeah, I did photography, so I have an eye for design and aesthetics based on here's the portfolio that I did that actually looks good, for example. I'm in the service industry, so I can actually communicate between like our engineering side and new newcoming customers because I know how to talk to humans and yep. how to get them to calm down. Uh, which also means that I have a higher focus on UX because I'm constantly simulating the customer experience in my mind while I'm programming. You know, mm -hmm. you just pull on these things that are actually higher level traits associated with actually fulfilling any one of these roles. Yeah, I think I think it's a rare job that truly benefits from somebody who only knows how to do one thing. Correct. Um, that isn't to say that there are a lot of jobs out there who think that that's the person that they want. Wait, you, you got to be in a very large company if that's the case. Yeah. And you got to be prepared to get laid off. Yeah. yeah. Because it's and, sort of like how when somebody plants a grove of all the same tree and then like a single disease comes and they all get wiped out. Yeah. Right? Well, you're, if you're just, if you're just the same as the next guy, then now it's just, dude. Yeah. So if what's the, the, what's the difference between you and anybody yeah. else? Yeah. And, and if you work at a company and you only have one skill and they only hired you for one thing then if the sort of environment around that company changes such that that skill is not a thing that they're looking for anymore, mm -hmm. then they just lay off that department. Yeah. Right. So that's a focus, enough. focus on what ends up being sort of the, the high level threads that come through all of these disciplines that you're talking about and always focus on the good, the, what you've managed to accomplish in there to demonstrate things like grit and, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Don't be like, don't put anything on there that is equivalent to the whole like boiling noodles to make spaghetti thing. It's just not like, don't, don't even throw that low, low valuable thing in there because you think more things is good. But I will say there, there's something that you got to think about from the employer's perspective, which is the, the general homogeny of applications. Once there, once you reach a certain sort of threshold. So if you're applying to be a programmer or whatever, you know, people will have gone to different schools. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe they'll sort by GPA. But remember that they're always looking for reasons to kind of like filter people out and throw people out. Yeah, you're but, not looking for reasons to keep people. You're looking for reasons to kick people out right. going through a stack of resumes. And so when they get to the end of that process, then the final piece of it is how much do I just kind of like see myself being around this person all day, mm -hmm. right? Um, and just working. Here, here we're person. talking about a company where you'd want to work. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I, I think in, in my wife's case, actually, the the two things that got her into her, her job that she's now been at for a very long time. Um, and she was fresh out of, out of a master's program. So no, no sort of direct work experience or not very much to speak mm -hmm. of. Uh, but the thing that got her in was that she had played tennis mm -hmm. and they were like, well, if you've played professional or if you played tennis at the college level and you've been on, you know, athletic teams and stuff, then you know what it means to work hard and, yep. and get shit done. Right. Um, and that was the thing that differentiated her from the rest of the job candidates, mm -hmm. right? And so, so those extracurriculars, man. It it actually it actually is about well, sort of it can be it it is about demonstrating something that you have aside from the core you know requirements that is going to be something that but that again, the employer can. Pull. But you have to pull it into the high level, right? Because if you say like, yeah, I can hit tennis balls real good, no one gives a fuck. Yes, that's not really relevant. To yeah, programming if you say, or, yeah, I got up at six a.m. every day. Mm -hmm. Did this intense routine. And I was bad at it for a long time, but I did it anyway. And also got good grades at the same time. Yep. Then yeah, that does demonstrate yeah. to me. Yeah. So that's, that's the way to, that's the way to. to yeah, so uh, I guess long story short, I think in general, if the more things you can do reasonably well, just the better period. Yes. It makes you replaceable. It makes all of your knowledge have broader context and be more valuable and interesting. And it, and it lets you have insight on just about anything that right, happens. Right. Cause you can mance. You just mance. Just everything. all this, mm -hmm. all the things. All right, next question comes from My Secret Weapon. 
As a developer, how do you price a game? Often I've found a creator will have a very different value placed on their work than a consumer will. So how do you find that magic number? Well, consumers want everything for free, so let's just establish that. Especially <laughs> games. Well, and yeah, and developers want as much money as possible. Right. Just, I mean, in, in the, I fucking love you know? the, that, that now we've just all accepted that people are just called consumers. Like, yep. like they're a Pac-Man mouth and they just, well, they certainly they just aren't masters. They just exist generally. to devour content, you know? There's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you know? We are all consumers. Yeah. We, just, <laughs> we, we are. just consume. We'll call, consume, consume. We'll call them players in this case. Yeah. Players. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyers of gaming content. Yeah. For us, we just, uh, we realized that, I mean, the value that we place on stuff. It's not our personal value. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah, we may have spent two years working on something, but to somebody else, that thing is worth eight cents, mm-hmm. you know, um, because, the, because our time doesn't mean anything. It's the product that means something. Correct. Right. So, uh, so all we do is we just look at comparable things. What are people willing to pay for things that we think are roughly in the same sort of vein as the thing that we made? Yeah. So with Crashlands, we are, our big points of comparison were basically like Terraria and, uh, don't starve, don't starve. Mm -hmm. And don't starve was selling for 20 bucks. I think at the time, Mm -hmm. Terraria was $10 at the time. And so we were just like, let's just kind of just average that just shit somewhere out. in there, you know, <laughs> but, but also in general, looking at kind of the, the broader indie indie market, um, because indie games also were kind of priced in that same range. And so we're just looking at the content at those different tiers to just ask just what kind of stuff is there that, that has been successful that people mm-hmm. have bought a lot of. And, and so we just saw that, that at the $15 price point that tended to be where kind of 2d stuff landed. That was also had a lot of content, right? And so we're, that's kind of just then the slot that we decided to go into. And for mobile is basically, we just, we, we did, we were trying to have the difference between PC and mobile prices be as narrow as possible. So we just literally said, what's the most that people are, seem to be willing to spend on a mobile title. Uh, and for that, we were looking at again, Terraria and again, with comparable titles, so we're looking at Terraria, uh, Minecraft. Minecraft was a little more expensive, but actually we charge the same as what Minecraft charges now. Right. Uh, and so we use those as our points of comparison. So, so really the question is, Given things in the market that are similar-ish, mm-hmm. what does what is the market willing to pay for those things? And then you price it accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, piece of cake, piece of cake, no problem. And also, just who cares? You know, mm-hmm. as long as as long as you don't dramatically lowball it or dramatically overestimate it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, yeah. and you and you will see that too. Especially in, indies tend to go one way or the other. Yeah. They tend to overvalue what they made because they can only think of the work they put into it and what it means to them, not what it means to the consumer. And so, so they'll overprice it or They'll undervalue it because they don't scared. feel good about it and they're scared about selling it. And, and, the, and to them, success just means having people play the game, not have financial success. And so then they'll underprice it. And actually, if you underprice a game, you, you'll get fewer downloads of it. Yeah, because price is a, is a metric for people. It's an indicator of quality. How good it is. Yeah, we had yeah. That, that fun, uh, fun yeah, when we, event <laughs> with Crashland. Did we talk about it on the podcast? I don't know if we did, but yeah, we, we lowered it from 15 to 10 for a while on yeah, Steam. for a couple months, I think. When we reduced the price, our our direct sales numbers went down. Yeah, by like 20%. Mm-hmm. So if, just hypothetically, if 500 people were buying it before, now it's 400 people. Yep. Uh, so Which was the opposite of how we thought. Right, because you think, oh, economics, demand curve, right? Lower prices, higher demand. Mm-hmm. Turns out if price is part of the way that people measure the 
the val like the quality and value of the product, then that's not true. A lower price can actually, which reduce, we all know, it can actually reduce demand. Right, and we all know that that's true. We, we've had we've all had that experience when we go to buy a thing. You know, if it's if it's too cheap, we're like something's wrong with it. It's kind of like if you order food at a restaurant and it arrives literally instantly, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right, something's wrong. <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> the numbers this. the numbers don't add up. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Just uh, yeah, just look at what's out there and don't go too crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Our right, next question comes from Razor three nine three two five. I assume that's their zip code. So if you want to visit them, you Sweet. know you can do that. I love listening to your podcasts and I downloaded them to listen to offline. Ooh, Ooh, thanks. On to the question. You talk about ways to be more efficient in life, yet you still play games. How do? I get extremely distracted by games and have a hard time getting anything done when gaming is an option. Some tips, please, for a fan who originally pirated Crashlands, then bought it legitimately. Also, thanks for that. It's good. I mean, yeah, not the pirate Not the first part, part but no. yeah. Yeah, how um, fucking dare you? I'm just going to go ahead. And- <laughs> on the first part, but thanks for the second thanks. part. Thanks. Yeah. The second part. <laughs> but first part, no. Second part, yeah, it's good. Let's do so that. Basically, the question is being an efficient person. How do you be a consumer and a creator? And a okay. mancer. And a mancer. I think I know. How? A consumer. It's mancer. all about... Being deliberate. It's okay. all about planning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so how many how many hours of video games do you think you play a week nowadays? You seem to be up more. I've been playing more, a lot more games lately. That was one of your resolutions for the year. The my, my, yeah, because I, I basically completely fell off playing games for probably four or five months toward the mm-hmm. end of the last year. So now I'm back on it. Um, so for me, it's basically at the beginning of the day, I lay out my plan for the day and I have my my domains of life that I want to make sure that I keep in balance. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've got, I've got creation the dark side. Yeah. And the light side. So I've got, I've got basically six things that I want to make sure that I focus on. So I have creation, which is just making stuff, you know, building games or programming, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I've got learning, which is t- making sure I set aside time to read something that I don't know about or right. whatever. Um, reflection time. So just journaling, just thinking about stuff, uh, health. So that's, you know, gym time, mm-hmm. whatever, making sure I eat well, uh, family, so making sure I spend time with my wife and, mm-hmm. you know, my people. Um, and then the last one is play. Mm. Cause like you can't just fucking work hard all day, every day and think super hard about everything. Cause you will burn out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so I found that I can, I can do it for two days. You, yeah, you can do I it can two days straight. of just like, you work can't on do shit, it forever. And the third day I'm just like, you just, just become a vegetable, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, so really it's, it's about understanding that, um, that actually none of these things are optional. If you want to, if you want to like be content where you need to give yourself a break, you need to produce interesting things. You need to give yourself challenges. You need to think about, like all these things are part of the whole. And so sitting there and saying like gaming is an, is not an option. It's something that you enjoy that gives you a break to relax from mm-hmm. the rest of things. So you got to do it. Mm-hmm. You got to go to the gym. You got to play your video games, but you don't overdo it because you got to make sure you set aside time for all these other required things. I guess right? that's the question is how do you not overdo it? Is what it sounds like. The question is, right? Yeah. As a person so, who plays games, because games are, they're, they're whole things that they're designed to, to get you, to grab you by the face, yeah. pull you in for hours. So how do you, how do you enjoy being grabbed by the face? Well, it's, it's actually, it's actually mm-hmm. hard to overdo it if you also make sure that you meet all these other demands. Because once you're meeting all these other demands, then you you're fine. But that's what right. Because like, the problem you, of the problem of that? overdoing it is is not that is not the problem isn't that you are playing so many games. It's that you're not doing all the other things. It's not what you are doing. It's what you're not doing that's the problem. Right. So so do those things first. Get plan your day. Get those things out of the way. 
And then that's the last thing you do for the day. Yeah. Only, only, only play your games if you've accomplished the other things that you want to accomplish. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. And I think a big part of it is actually, so to me, the, because a big part of the difference between games and real life is that games give you the stepwise goals. Yeah. And, they, and a ton of feedback. Like Seth was saying, when you can draw a circle and it tells you what percent that circle was good, you will just sit there drawing circles for like 20 minutes. <laughs> In a, in a hypnosis Because never state. before have you had such feedback. perfect feedback on how perfect your circles yeah. are. So I think this this is where that, that idea of the systems development comes in. So for me with the sketching, uh, for any of us when it comes to tackling a new piece of knowledge or whatever else, um, if it's the case that, that you're having a hard time not doing things that are games, the big question is why? And my guess would be that if they're not spelled out. So for example, if this idea like, oh, I need to be healthy, what does that mean? Uh, do you have any actual concrete routines that you can step through in the morning when you get up? Do you get up and do you just like do 10 push-ups? That's how you start your day. And I'm going to make my bed. Like, do you have these very concrete things that you can do? Or is it just like do better at blah? Because if that's the case, then you, you need to treat the rest of your life like it's a video game, which means you need to break out those goals. You need to break out those step-by-step processes so that every day when you get up there, it's easy to step into those processes and then have them just carry you through the rest of the day until it's, 4 p.m. and now you're ready to play WoW for six hours. Because you did it. Because you, you did, did all did the things. All. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is the crazy thing. Like I, the last couple weeks, like I've been really focusing on these processes and stuff. And I have been, I've been simultaneously getting more work done, seeing my friends more, seeing my wife more, learning more, and also playing more games. Yeah. It turns out when you quit fucking around with all right. these, all this nonsense activities like per, perusing Reddit or something, yeah. then you just suddenly have all this time. But, yeah. you have to, but you have to plan it. You have to plan what you're going to do with it. Yeah, just yeah. how you're going to make decisions. Mm-hmm. But also, you don't have, things don't have to be broken up as concretely either. Because for me, most of my play involves programming still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just but now it's experimenting. Other. It's experimenting. And, you know, it's stuff where where I've now removed the consequences of doing a bad job. You know, yeah, because because that's the part that the part that burns me out is like tackling really hard problems where I have no idea what to do, but it really matters that I get it right. You know, the pressure. Yeah, because it's the, it's that pressure component too, and so. So having to having to do because and I can dive in one of those problems for days at a time, it's fine. But then I do start to get burnt out, yeah. and then I need to go do something else. But that other thing can still be programmed. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you can find things that aren't as far apart as so if like if if your work is very very different than the games that you play, is there something like mm-hmm. is there some kind of game that is maybe a little bit closer just conceptually to that, so that when you go to make that leap, it's just not as big because because I think part of it too is when when I like I know I personally if I jump from one thing to a very different thing. So say if I like watch Netflix after programming, that jump is so huge that it just really throws me off. Yeah, you're done. You're probably. done now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm days like, I, I can't stop watching Netflix yep. now, right? Not only, yeah, not only can you not go back to programming, you also can't do laundry or can't go do to the grocery yeah. store. You're <laughs> right. done now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, yeah some, some, things are just, <laughs> some things are just black holes that you just need to avoid those Until you're ready entirely. to just give it. Yeah, wait until the time. end of the evening and then before you go to bed, you're like, okay, I'm going to... Because I have to sleep. That's just the thing that has <laughs> to happen. That's a hard gap. That's, that's, the thing, that's the thing that lets you cut that one off. Um, yeah, although, so my strategy has always been just to try to keep things as related as possible mm. um, so that so that the jumps just don't feel as big. One other good question is just to, to ask, you know, if there is something you're doing or that you need to do during the day, what about it? What angle could you take to make it just more interesting in the first place? So the idea like, oh, I need to, I need to mix cocktails for people instead of being like, ugh. Then you go buy a home and you figure out the difference between bourbon and rye. This is a perfect yeah, opportunity know? for me to practice my booze, Mancy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so see, if there's anything about it in your day that also has well, but that yeah, place. But this is actually this is the to me this is the part about this sort of like breaking up your your life into the the pieces that you know that you need to take care of. So you know, learning, creation, family, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that doesn't mean that those things are separate activities. Right. Right. And so for example, reflection and health might coincide. If for example, if you always make it a point to give yourself a really hard problem and then go for a swim or something, because mm-hmm. now you can think about it and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of ponder it while you're doing the other right. thing. Right. Yeah. We like um, to go to the gym about two kind of in o'clock. the middle of the day when we're a little bit fried from having worked for, you know, six hours on hard problems. Yeah. But There's you don't have a good break point. To yeah. Get and what I found is actually it's instead of wrapping up what I'm currently doing and then going to the gym, I will start the next thing, yeah. then go to the gym. Get the gears going. Yeah. That way, that way I have the, the problem just kind of. Yeah, I think, I think it's important. Just not, don't see your life as a bunch of discrete components that you're sort of like summing together. It's Try a whole to find bunch of synergies. Yeah, kind of let it, just let it mix together. Well, so like, and like in your case, you're talking about basically you you have fused the concept of playing and learning, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so for you, when you're building prototypes and learning new skills, that's, that's your opportunity to sort of just have fun with stuff. Yep. Right. In a way that doesn't matter that you're not trying to produce tangible results. Right. Um, but it's because you're learning, then you also get to apply that to other things as right. well. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So that's how, that's how I think about it. Don't think about gaming as a, as a bad thing or as a thing that's going to consume your time. Cause it is something that if it's important to you and it's something that you enjoy doing to unwind, then it does matter mm-hmm. as a, as part of your overall life balance. So you just have to make sure that you also understand how it fits mm-hmm. and that you hit your other requirements. Yeah. Before and don't let it that. interfere with those other things. So, so, cause if also, if you're trying to balance, you know, health and playing games, then that means you don't get to stay up until two in the morning playing yep. games anymore. Right? right. That means that there's another rule just in your mind where as you're playing your game, health is still important to you. And so you're like, you're always watching that boundary where you start to say, okay, I'm probably going overboard with mm-hmm. this. And then yeah. you start practicing that self-control where you cut yourself off. Yeah. And this, I think it's interesting because people always talk about work, work life balance. Right. Um, but I think it's, I think that's a weird way to think about life because it implies that there's basically just two things. It also implies an antagonism. It implies that there's an antagonism mm-hmm. and it implies that there's just two things you got to worry about work and then literally everything else. Right. <laughs> literally everything. When else. really, uh, it's, it's more that there's just life balance. Like there's a suite of things that you have to make sure that you, that you, that you keep in balance. But all that really means is that one of them shouldn't consume the rest. Right. Right. And that's basically it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, so we'd like to thank our producer fat Bard for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our discord and forums running. And, uh, as Adam mentioned earlier, we are, on a moderated drive. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So if you want get some fresh blood in there, because uh, when level head comes out, if it does well, then shit's going to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, we need a whole bunch of people to console us as we, <laughs> we need a team of sort of uh grief, counselors, grief, counselors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. tissue bearers. Uh, so where's that application? You can just find it in the announcement section of discord announcement section of discord, discord.gg slash B Yes. Um, so, uh, otherwise, if you'd like to adorn your body with butterscotch merch, we do have a merch shop, which is at shop.bscotch.net. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff. We got stickers. We got mugs. We got shirts. We don't have underpants. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's not Or a Cadbury thing. mini eggs. We don't have mini eggs. We also don't have plushies. We don't have lawnmowers. We should we don't buy a bunch of mini eggs and then eat them all. Yeah. And then sell a bunch of merch unrelated. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Also, if you'd like to send us some stuff, we have a mailbox so you can send us uh, goodies, notes, you know, whatever. And that's over at mailbox.bscotch.net. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.